Episode 53 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm still Sam and he's still Peter and you've we're back got, to our normal thing. You've caught me off guard, Sam, I because I was looking at things on my phone well, and I, suddenly we've started. I was so worried that uh, the events of episode 52 would reoccur and you do the intro and my whole, would be downhill I, from I, there. I was like, I, I was walking around like the rest of the day, like need to finish, need to, <laughs> <laughs> need to make intro. <laughs> Anyway, um, we're here. Yeah, how are you going? Have you been this week? It's only been a week this time. Oh, busy. Yeah. Yeah, busy. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> is that how we're going to be? That's how we're going to be soon. We're just going to be like boring adults. It's just like, ah, oh, you know. Work. Work into that office. <laughs> no. <laughs> I clearly am the one who's <laughs> doesn't work in an office yet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, full time appointment. It's it's money's nice. Yeah, I feel that. But you have to work for it, which is how it works. But you know, that's how the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, less than how the world works. We save a Peter. We save a Peter. Um, my week's been been all right, I guess. I've actually been fairly busy, which is exciting for me. Is it busy in my terms? <laughs> which just means that I've been, been doing like more. You haven't been able to wake up at midday. Yeah. And- yeah, I get getting more chart like shifts for work and stuff, which is good as well. That kind of thing. Um, went surfing on the weekend. Exciting! Yeah. Don't get to do that as much as I want to. Yep. I uh, hear. I hear you had a run in with the ocean. The ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still. Have to, I still have to deal with that. My swimmer's like in a plastic bag. So for those who aren't me and who you told about yeah. running with the ocean, what so, actually happened? Uh, I went surfing on the weekend and it was actually, that was like yesterday. And um, it was actually like really good. There was, like there was actual surf for a change. It, instead of being tiny, tiny stuff, it was, yeah, it was proper fun. But the, the ocean, I think there must have been a storm further up the coast or something, but like the, the ocean was brown, full of snotweed is what you call it snot weed because it's like brown gross and it smells it smells so bad um it's like it's not like seaweed like like a like long algae. green thing that you'd imagine it's like it's it, it's not algae it's definitely like wheat like seaweed ish yeah. type stuff but it's like really small and it clumps together on you like sticks to you and it just looks like shit yeah um, and I was, I was actually okay. Cause I was like surfing on top of the water. Live for work also went swimming. So sort it of came back out of it. It was all in their hair and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but no, my, my real like hell came when I went into the, I went in the shower and I was like, I did like the, you know, thing where you shower with your swimmers so you can clear them. And I was taking little bits off my shirt and the outside of my pants. And I was like, oh, this is a pain. <laughs> and then realized that I had like four interwebbing like pockets to these board shorts because I'd worn like my nice pants uh, this time around and like reached in and uh, like pulled one of the pockets inside out. And it was just a like double handful of just this <laughs> disgusting, smelly weed. Yeah, smelly weed. It was in every pocket. And it's the kind of thing where I, I know I didn't get it all out. And I like, I don't just, I think they might be just gone. It's just gone now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna wash the pants, but I think I'm just gonna smell like the ocean if I wear them. <laughs> like not like the I smell like the bad parts of the ocean. 
and none of the good parts. Just like dead, dead fish and yeah, whale, seagull, seagull droppings. Yeah. And, so it was rough. But, well, I do like those pants. We'll see. <laughs> I was about to say worth it, but no, it is really good to go surfing. Something I don't do enough. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, anyway, good. the beer that we're drinking yeah. this week is uh, John Boston, the Point Pale Ale. And you've had nine of them, so what do you reckon? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm just a little bit hungover this morning, but yeah, you know, we're drinking these last. Who's counting? Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did- anyway, it's kind of it's kind of like a 150 lashes ish. Yeah. I find it a bit smoother, I guess. Can definitely say that. Easier to drink. Um, quite tasty. Yeah, yeah, I would actually also agree. It's not quite as. It doesn't have like that bitter thing in the back of your mouth that you sometimes get when you're drinking 150. Yeah, I think. It's a yes from me. It's a yes from me. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. It's a yes from me as well. Yeah. Uh, so well, cheers, cheers, friend. We'll have another one of these things. Ah. Uh, tastes like actually that. Yeah, that is a good beer. It's a. It's a, tasty, a good beer. Tasty, last tasty night my beer. palate was all like last night. I, I usually eat quite healthy. And last night I had just had like three packets, mini packets of chips, like, like a lot of lint chocolate and pizza, a and whole pizza, pizza, like a whole pizza. And then, and then, uh, more beers. than chocolate and beers. So I was a little bit thrown off. So the, the blurb says, uh, Benelong Point, where the Sydney Opera House now stands, was the location of the mill where genius John Boston crafted Australia's first beer using corn bittered with love apple stalks. Today, nice. this new beer named in Boston's honor has been brewed in a state of the art brewery and features no corn or stalks, just refreshing pale ale. So none but of I'm sure it features other things yeah, as well. None of the shit that he actually used. There was no, but it's inspired there was no, by John There was Boston. no funnies, Peter. No. No funnies. No, it was pretty funnies. straightforward and to the point. I miss the funnies. And it's just made in honor of John Boston. It's not like his ancestors used this exact recipe. There's and... a little bit of John Boston in every bottle. Yeah. That's his literal bones. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't want to think about that, yeah. but anyway, take another swig. Yeah, I like that. This is a good beer. What's it like price wise? Um, it's about the same as your um, like James Squire type beers. Yeah, okay. Um, That's the thing I ask these days. I mean, I I really like doing this podcast, and I think I really broadened. Um, my knowledge of, of beer and actually like what I like. Yeah. No idea what I like. Uh, unfortunately though, like after I, you have after I found tastes. it, after, no, after I found it, I just want to go like, we have to continue playing along with these beers. And I know, I know what my favorite is. I, I would love to, to just be a stone and wood with a beer with, with Sam and Peter. <laughs> but no, Sam, that's yeah. the format. Did I tell you, I, I I'll share this on the podcast. I had once had, you ever had dreams where you wake up and you're like, ah, damn. Like, yes, so, you feel all the time. Good, yeah. Well, you feel empty, you know? <laughs> um, I had a dream that we, uh, like, I, I was sitting at home and I know we were both sitting in our, like, in the room where we record and we got a call from an unknown number and I picked it up and it was Stone and Wood. And they. <laughs> <laughs> said they wanted to sponsor us. But they wanted to give us millions of dollars, and it was going to be the stone and wood with the beer with Sam and Peter. And that's all we would drink. And I said yes, of course. It completely sold out. And then we were wearing stone and wood t-shirts, and we were sitting on giant stone blocks. I remember that, and there was wood everywhere. And <laughs> now that I think that's an now, if I really think about it, you know, audio only podcast that probably wasn't necessary. It was just it was pretty great. 
a good, it's a good jam. If only, yeah. If only, you know, stone of wood. If you're listening, send us two giant stone chairs. <laughs> <laughs> the more uncomfortable, the better. Yeah, I hadn't had like because we. I get my beer sort of need satiated by the show most of the time and so the few times maybe we're playing D or whatever i'll have a beer it's probably the only other time i'll do it yeah and um cracked open stone and we would last time we were having, we were having a D session it was oh, i was like i was like dad's it was like audible it? like i was being that guy who like take a drink of his beer and like, oh yeah <laughs> just <laughs> re-interrupt two people's conversations that's good it is good anyway homework movie yeah, homework movie from this week is just a straight up great movie. This time around, no picking it because it was like funny or so shit we could talk about it or anything like that. It's it's one of those ones that hopefully we won't have trouble talking about because we're quite often like when there's a really good movie we have trouble saying anything more. Yeah, than you just, just say it's really good. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I think we've got but, two big movies to talk about this week, and and both of them uh, by no means bad but they you can definitely talk about them like yeah. there's so much stuff you can talk about about them but yeah children of men if you haven't watched it um you should totally do it first of all so, so the, 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 the concept the concept is it's uh set in in like the sort of near future mm-hmm. um and basically the entire human race has become infertile just women women can't have babies i think it's the tagline which which, which effectively means is that, that the human race is infertile yeah um, and, uh, it kind of, because of that, the world has gone to shit a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's just sort of like, everyone's just gone nuts. And I think they make a point that like the, the British stiff upper lip has sort of kept England slight, like more civilized than the rest of the world. They talk about like it being like the last bastion of, of civilization, even though it's pretty fucked up in England as well. Yeah. It's like, like. England kind of becomes how America is right now, where um, they just don't allow any immigrants and everybody yeah. hates each other, and it's like yeah, it's like the almost the George Orwell, yeah, nineteen eighty three, is that the year? Yeah, it actually does feel a, a, like like that. Like the hero and his friends are all really anti government, um, kind of people, and is like. Jasper, I think, is like is the uh, Michael Michael Caine. Michael Caine's character is like a proper hippie, like long hair, grows all his weed, um, already lived off the grid before it happened. They, yeah. It's really anti-government. Um, this movie, actually, like, yeah, we'll finish what we'll finish talking about it. So, in that world, uh, the main character is uh, Clive Owen, yep. who is like a really, like, just the most cynical man on the planet um i think he used to be he's a, a investigative reporter no he's right? a government employee was he a government his wife was a well, no, michael kane's wife was um a photojournalist what is he it, and she got killed by the government oh that's right he was just i don't think well, no, was, she didn't get killed by the government she got like tortured and yeah and now she can't speak basically yeah um no the reason i thought that is because he yeah he works for the government but both him and his wife were really big activists. Mm. This was before he worked for the government. Ah, right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, both so, him and his wife were really big a- uh, Julianne activists. Julianne Moore. Yep, Julianne Moore, who was really great in this. Yeah. Um, um, they, they were activists, and um, we're kind of going to go full spoilers a, b- a bit here, but yeah. yeah but, but, so but that they, before we do. They, the, they were activists. Oh, sorry, all right. Mm. The main snapshot I like is that um, 
Uh, he is uh, introduced to this young woman who is pregnant. Yep. And uh, uh, he's trying to both, like protect her, and he's, he's sort of the one who's acting on her her in best interests and um, protecting her from like everybody who would want to use the fact that she's pregnant for for their own ends. Yeah. yeah. And it is a fucking excellent it's a film. It, it's but it's an excellent movie i can see why you would think it also it's an excellent movie because it is also really bleak yeah like movie it, it is really bleak but it has a very hopeful ending yeah it's the sort of movie where like i it, it even though you've got a main character who just totally like on paper and everything like is kind of that sort of main male uh action hero type he's got that shield around him like he takes a lot of shit he's in a lot of situations and he takes a lot of shit that totally should he should die in yeah i think but even uh, like despite that i'm really afraid for like all the characters all the time yeah because they they're definitely not scared to just kill people off yeah and i think that's great mm. you automatically are so much more invested in a movie if you if you're not like sure that tom cruise is gonna obviously like he's gonna live kind yeah. of thing really takes away from it yeah and, and i think it's it's a movie that when I finished watching it, I, I just thought, just just surely this won the Oscar that year. Yeah, but it didn't. It won some Oscars, but it it didn't it, it didn't win the Best Picture. Yeah, I think it when well what, what I thought when I finished the movie, I just it's funny. I think this movie had like a really it was a really bleak movie and with a really negative take on humanity. Hmm. Um, but it, it, it leaves like a good, uh, mark on the people that watch it. I thought like if you watch the movie, you come out of it and I, I think your first inclination is just like, ah, we just need to be like nice and to each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I wanted to talk about like, actually when we were just setting this up, the premise of the movie, right. Is that people are inferred up. Like, I've, I've, having seen a lot of these movies where it's like in some dystopian future where something's totally fucked everybody up. Yeah. Nuclear war or... Or, uh, actually, the one I was thinking of was um, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. You know, the, like, like everyone's heard that a meteor's going to crash into Earth in, like, 20 days. And so the world's doomed and then people freak out. Yeah. And, like, so the underbelly of, of humanity uh, turns up. But with this movie, I thought it was... I thought that, like they were actually also making just a point about people um, from, like, like the reaction that everybody has to, pe- like, women being infertile. Like, it's a terrible thing, like, thoughtfully, kind of, like, philosophically for the human race. Like, we're all going to die out. But humans being, like, as selfish, as selfish as you are, it's nowhere near, like, a, as a personal threat as, like, finding out the world's going to end or whatever. You just found think- out that humans... Like, humans as a group are going to end. It, it but that is, means, that, like, the world, like, everyone just com- totally fucking loses it. It, it. It's an interesting thing because it it is essentially the same thing that, I mean, to us, like, humans aren't going to be here anymore. That is basically the world ending for us. But it's not... But, but, but there's it, nothing it's just, threatening it just, your it life. Just, it just plays out over such a long time yeah. that it, but, it's kind of an interesting look on the apocalypse i suppose i just i just couldn't that was the only thing that i like had trouble with in the movie because i just 
I just didn't think it would elicit that kind of reaction from people. I think people are too selfish almost for that. Like, it's not a death sentence for you. You're going to live, grow old, and die. Hey, there's a lot of people who already decided they don't want children anyway. Like, yeah, yeah it, it just seems like a big extreme response. I, when, I, when I was watching that, I just sort of thought that the movie maybe was trying to say something about the fact like people are just people are just waiting for an excuse to lose their shit and riot. You know, like, and to smash a window and attack someone. Um, and as soon as they hear something like that, it's more of like a trigger just that allows you to do that. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe that was how it happened more like people who had to think about this, this bigger shit, like governments and everything that sort of breaks down people and then gives everybody else license to just sort of riot, not more like less to do with the fact that no one's having children and more just like, and, and I, I think it also kind of, uh, makes people a bit more compliant if you get what I mean, in terms of like, they're not going to be outraged if the British government is doing a crazy, shit, crazy yeah. war crime because the world's ending already. Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Um, yeah, I was also thinking like the fact that these movies exist. Maybe not this movie, but more movies like Seeking a Friend for the End of the World or like Apocalypse movies in general, like most zombie movies as well. Mm. The way they've been taken lately, less of a horror movie. And more of almost like an apocalypse wish fulfillment kind of thing. Like people watch those kind of movies where the world has ended, like society has ended. Like, cause they're looking forward to, to like seeing that. It's like fun. Like watching like Woody Harrelson, uh, like love Twinkies and then, I, I, and then, and then, I, then like think... running through like a convenience store and the classic, like putting, putting your head underneath the slushy machine and that kind of thing. Like, I feel like that's only some of those kind of, that's true. Movies. But like, you like, see like people like go through. Like at the start of the apocalypse movie, anyway, before you get serious, or like it's like everyone just like go like going through like a like, checklist like what, of stuff. Like what movie? Like Zombieland, or like seeking a friend for the end of the world, or like people kind of wish that society would end, like in a way, and so they can just all take a like have a random walk along the seaside, or like run through like a like convenience store and put their hands underneath the slushy machines again, or like. You know, it's just stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the, the TV show um, Last Man on Earth is also quite like that. That's ex- that, that whole show yeah. is pretty much that, right? Yeah. People are kind of waiting for that to happen. So that, that yeah, that was the big thing, takeaway from the start of the movie for me. I was more thinking about like how maybe it would only take a slightly lower grade, less immediate world ending kind of announcement for everyone to lose their shit because they're already sort of on the edge of losing their shit. Hmm. It's a crazy thing if you think about it, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's totally true. I think there's so many people... Um, if society collapsed... Then... Yeah, if society collapsed, they'd just be, like, be excited, at least initially, right? And then the then the horror, horror of why you have laws in the first place, like, would turn up, obviously. But people would be excited. I would I, almost no, be excited. No, I feel like... I feel like this is just you being excited. No, I would I not be excited. I think the, re- the only reason those movies exist is because it's not just me. Who, no. Who thinks that the, I, and especially the video no. games associated with it, right? Like those video games yeah, yeah, but are it's, just it's, it's fun that to think, whole... It's fun to think about thing. in like... It's fun to think about, but for it to actually happen, like there's a reason why we have society. And I feel like this is one of those like... 
<laughs> difference between you and me as people, but uh, I feel like society needs rules, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm more one of those people as well, like more of a Daryl. I, I think that, like, you know, if you've seen Walking Dead, yeah, where, I know, like, but I feel like you just kind of romanticize it a bit. Yeah, that's true. But like, where, you uh, know, where I, I have that thought as well, like, um, maybe I'd feel more wanted or important or like necessary like you know like you know those those are always the characters i really like hearing about the daryls and like walking dead who like have this really yeah i think there's daryl has that moment where he's talking to someone and he feels really guilty because he says essentially like he he he's glad this happened he yeah he'd be like yeah because he was useless um in in the world that we lived in but he, he he's useful now I don't think you're useless in the world that we live in. No, I don't know. I don't know. There's a bit, there's a bit of me that's so there's a little excitement there. I think the only thing that stops me from like really getting excited about that is like the one of the essential things that you need to have is like to be a happy human is like connection. And in those movies, I think they make a big point of like if you have a connection, that's just that's just something that like puts you at like that you're at risk. You have to protect that, and that makes both of you vulnerable and. You know, you're worried about protecting all the other people you have. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a more, uh, I suppose, I suppose, and it's weird to say this about it, like a TV show like The Walking Dead or, or stuff like that. But it's like a like a study of the human condition and like put under these circumstances, what do what do humans do? Yeah, are they do we want to just help each other and live in a happy society? Yeah, or is it all about everybody's really out for themselves at the end of the day? Well, I think- and I feel like that's one of the big questions of mm. The Walking Dead. Like that, that is one of the big central themes of something like The Walking Dead. Yeah, where it, like that show, it always seems to be that that they sort of have have their core group for a while and they they settle down for a while, but then something happens and because of the human elements and people disagreeing with each yeah. other and. And that kind of thing. It all goes to shit and like... Well, they've got definitely like... They, you could, they could achieve the same thing by um, having like a Y2K almost or something like that. Like they're essentially li- like living a lot just like old school caveman. Like zombies can easily just represent the threats of the wild. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think... Yeah, I, I think one of the things with like the whole Walking Dead thing that it brings up is like... Um, we're, we're all one group now. That's how we sort of, or maybe, you know, maybe countries. We're a few groups, right? Where you're meant to just love everyone in that country and protect them like they're part of, part of the actual group that you care about. Yeah. And it's like, maybe humanity really does, like humanity's whole love for the group really can't extend to millions of people. It doesn't do it very well. Like, you, you know how, like, even, even the people who really, the people, the people who say that, like, who think that groups, the groups matter and the people are coming together are people. That's what really people want to love each other and protect each other. Rick's group, mm. I would think they just kill other people all the time. Yeah. With no, like it may as well, you, you may as well be killing a zombie, which, you know, or an animal or whatever. They're not part of my group. They're not on the same level. Yeah. I don't know. We got into a totally different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From <laughs> children of men, but, um, what do you think? It, like, what did you get out of the movie? Well, yeah. um, so it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron, mm-hmm. who also directed Gravity. Which is uh, also on Netflix. Which is also on Netflix. On, yeah. Yep. And he directed some other things. He's like, he's a um, Mexican director, so he's directed a, a lot of Spanish films. Mm. Um, 
and he's like he's like good friends with uh, the guy who directed Babel and um, Birdman and and those movies. And Babel also was Guillermo the movie. Del Toro. If we if we go back to episode fifty two, I can, I can go movie. and talk to the past people. Babel was the movie that Peter was trying to remember with yeah. Brad Pitt in it that was yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's like one of the he's a big director in in um, Mexico and has been quite successful for his work and yeah this movie really has a lot of the things which are quite um uh, sort of a bit of a trademark of his directing style where it has the really really long extended shots yeah which i and think I- is really really interesting that we're talking about children of men right now when the next thing we're going to talk about just spoilers for the rest of the podcast is blade runner which also has Really long shots, but they're long in a different way. Yeah, they yeah they are, but you know it's just sort of a bit of bit of a crazy coincidence, I think. Yeah. Anyway. A- a- anyway, they're long, like- they're long in a different way in the sense that Peter likes the long cuts, <laughs> the long shots in Children of Men. He doesn't like the long shots in Blade Runner. <laughs> no, well, I mean they're long in a different way in that uh, he has these like ten minute long action scenes that have no cuts in them. Yeah. Which is, um, where, I mean, always love the, the, the Blade Runner that, and we'll get into this, but Blade Runner, it's very different. It's very, very different. Yeah. Anyway, I like, I think just the cinematography of this movie and just the, the like color scheme, it's so dark and yeah. drab and all of the like in, environmental establishing shots and, and things like that, I think just set the scene for the tone of the movie so incredibly well. Yeah. Like, they'll be driving along through the beautiful English countryside and they'll drive along and they'll go past, like, just, just a field that's got, like, a big mound of... Burning cows. Burning cows. I have that. I wrote no. I took notes because I knew it would be a long time before we actually talked about this movie. While I was watching. I was in my pyjamas, grabbed my coffee in the morning, got out my notepad... And I wrote down burning cows, multiple question marks. I did not get what that was about. Did they not just need them anymore? Was that the idea that there's, uh, so, there's so fewer people these days that they don't, they don't need the cows? I, don't, I did not be, get that. It must be something like that. I yeah. Think. I had no idea why there was a field of cows being burnt. It was obviously like an organized thing that they gathered all these cows and burnt them. Or just the the farm had failed and they had to burn all the livestock and I don't yeah I just don't know that was like was my question but maybe I guess that's maybe the farm failed I don't know is that maybe, what happens maybe, when a farm maybe, fails I, I don't I don't know yeah anyway well, there was just the a small cows point. all got diseased or or something there was a lot of like yeah disease and destruction and and stuff yeah. in that movie I think you know what weirdly the biggest the biggest like theme. Like the movie spoke about a little bit the fact that like people can't have kids and to not hear children anymore really takes away the fun of part. Like they had an aging population and they'd like changed the whole mood society had. There wasn't as much joy and spontaneity and stuff. But um, I think like immigrants was almost the main theme. Like, the fact that the, the the real reason, like one of the reasons that the society, like the terrorist sort of organization that Julianne Moore is head of, the reason that they give for wanting to have uh, the, the pregnant woman, I can't remember the pregnant woman's name. Uh, Kay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's Kay. To have her is that, um, is that because she's, she's an, an immigrant, immigrant, they think that 
she won't she'll be killed or something by the government. The government won't want the first pregnant person to be an immigrant. Yeah, it's almost all about immigration, really. Um, and it, it's a movie that has very themes that are very somewhat relevant. Oh yeah, the there's moment. a lot of political themes, and they they try and make a lot of just different points. I've noticed like a few ones that really hadn't like were out like had nothing to do with the the main theme of the movie. Like there was a little one about like um, anti-social technology kind of thing, right? Like whether they, he has a meeting. Uh, Clive Owen has a meeting with one of his mates who's much higher up in with the government. With his, like, uncle or something. Yeah, who, um, because this is such, like, an anti-government movie, right, who's, like, living it up yeah. amidst all the chaos. And he's got, like, Buck playing in the background and this nice white or glass modern kind of supervillain where Lex Luthor would live set yeah. up. And his son is one of the... He must be one of the youngest people, right? He looks about it. So the youngest guy was 18 months and, like, 18 years and two months or something. That's how yeah, the movie and, starts. Yeah, like the movie starts with the death of baby Diego, who yeah. is the world's youngest person. And another total commentary like on nothing else. I thought that was trying to say something about like how ridiculous everybody caring about celebrities was. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I feel like I feel like that goes more... That That's a very good point, but I feel like it, it that goes more to really setting the scene for the movie. Like, I feel like that whole scene sets the tone so incredibly well right yeah. off the bat that um like like it, it it in a very somewhat simple way it can explain all the mechanics of this particular mm-hmm. apocalypse i suppose that yeah people can't have children anymore and and that the world has gone to shit and like in in that small period you can kind of get out of the way all the expositiony stuff about yeah. the world he goes to work and there's like all these older people crying at their desks. Oh, he, he, well, no, no, just, just right. That like, I'm, I'm only talking just about the scene right before the like starting thing of the starting title of children of men oh, right. flashes up where he's in the, in the coffee um, shop. He's in the coffee shop and the news is on and, and he walks out of the coffee shop and it gets, and, and they have a story of baby Diego and the, yeah. um, he walks outside and the coffee shop gets bombed and it's just like, which I actually oh, think was Julianne Moore's group. Yeah. Probably. She just didn't know about it. Yeah. It wasn't the government at all. No. Oh, no, I thought they did say it was the government. Well, he says, like, thanks for blowing up my shop, and they say we haven't set off bombs in a while, but that was with Julianne Moore there. She's obviously, she's the leader of this terrorist cell, but she's obviously the more idealistic uh, leader, like, in that group. She, she, there's, like, a whole plot. Like, well, she gets murdered by them, right? It's an all, all an organized thing. No, I thought they just got murdered by, like, a... Bend. No, the reason that they leave the sort of farm stay where the terrorists take them initially is they're, oh, dro- yeah, they're driving down get, that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me just bring up this point. White dreadlocked Charles Hunnam, the actor in Sons oh, of Anarchy. Really? Yeah. Is in this He's movie. That guy. He's in this movie. Oh man. I could not believe it as like the sort of like deranged hitman, kind of like Cyrus from um from the Matrix, uh, oh shit, the Da Vinci Code, right? It's sort of like the evangelical, misguided, yeah, hand of the the leader, um, yeah, and he he like they get put on masks, pretend to be like random crazy people, and attack the car and kill Julianne Moore, and then you find out like the the uh, the second in command guy who takes over had organized all of it, and he's also going to kill Clive Owen and yeah, and um, make sure he uses. Key? Isn't it Key or something like that? 
Yeah, key or K. I think it might be key. Um, use her for like as a, as just a figurehead to yeah. start the revolution. Yeah, or whatever. Um, yeah. Just dreadlock Charles Hunnam, and he's got this random northern accent. It's so good. It's so just out of nowhere. I totally did not pick. It's such a lovely thing for me to know. (laughs) I really like that actor. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. He's been bad in some things. Yeah, or at least he's been in some bad things, like bloody the the Guillermo del Toro mech fighting movie. He was. Very Pacific wooden. Rim. Pacific Rim. He was oh. incredibly wooden. To be fair, if you listen to his lines, like he really just—he's just the hero. It's not with it's, like no dimension at all. He just says hero yeah, things. It's, it's not his fault. It's yeah. He it's just more that the script is bad. I mean, like, like if Idris, you really Idris, wanna, Idris Elba was in that movie, and he's a good actor, and he was. Yeah. If you really want to badmouth bad. someone, it's the two non-Australian dudes that got to play Australians. Gypsy Danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man no I like Charles Hunnam I like hearing the stories about him he's like on this list of like top actors who were really like with Jared Leto and stuff like actors who were changed by their roles because mm. he was a very proper northern English kind of guy and he was like a model he had a bit of a wanker in that way and he played Jax this you know bikey leader guy for like 10 years um, he completely lost his accent like when he played King Arthur or he was in the Lost City of Zed, which is a fantastic movie. You should see it. It hasn't come out in Australia. Yeah, when it when it does, you should see it. Um he had to have a dialect coach to teach him his native language because he completely forgotten it. Wow. And while living in LA, he there's a bunch of police reports at his house because he lived in this really dodgy neighborhood, um, just with his cat, and uh people kept trying to rob his place. Um, but they were all, all the charges were filed against him by the robbers because like they came, like this one dude who like walked around his house and he like just, he just bust out of the house with a, uh, machete <laughs> and like told the dude, like, he didn't tell the dude to like piss off. He was like, we're going to start something. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And his story started off with, well, I was, I was learning my lines at two o'clock in the morning with my cat and my machete. <laughs> I love that guy. Love him. Anyway, back to anyway, Children yeah. of Men again. Yeah. What did you think of the ending? Um, I really like the ending. It's like it's I think it's one of the like some it's a fake ambiguous ending, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, um uh, you have those some endings like Inception, which I would argue is like a genuine ambiguous ending. It was made with like the like those are the ones that where the filmmaker doesn't have a preference. Like, it's not one of those things where the filmmaker just doesn't show you, but he really has not, he's deliberately tried not to think about how they thought about, like, how they saw it ending. Yeah. Whereas this movie, like, he is dead in the boat. Yeah. He does get saved. Yeah. I really think that's how it goes. Although I will say that, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is a positive ending. Like, uh, the big yeah, the big savior thing is like that the ship is meant to become, and there's I guess it, it's some sort of like group that's studying, like like ha- trying to find the cure for this or, or something like that. Um, and it's just weird in in a movie where it's so pessimistic, where they meet all these groups that say they're doing the right thing, and sort of the general message is everyone says they're doing the right thing, and they're not. Yeah. Why do they? Does anyone think that like? 
these people are going to be any different. I don't think we ever hear anything to suggest that these people aren't also going to exploit her or... Like, and now she's on her own, just with them. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's very true. I think uh, it, it is it is like a lot of these kind of, like, apocalypse-type movies that have this kind of ending where you think... Where you're meant to think that... It is meant to be a hopeful ending, yeah. I think, for sure. Um, that being said... As as he said, it's pretty like there's no there's absolutely no guarantee she's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. But it does end on a very hopeful note, and it is such a I don't know. It's a very emotional, impactful yeah. kind of ending. Like absolutely. It, it, I, it's it's like it's very similar to. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the ending of Breaking Bad where Jesse's driving away in the car. Mm. And there was like the the showrunners and stuff gave interviews afterwards saying, "Oh yeah, Jesse Jesse got away and stuff." But I mean, probably it it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for, for him. Jesse. Yeah, with no marketable skills. <laughs> like, I, I yeah, it, it's one of those things where like you, you follow these characters for this chunk of time. Yeah, and I mean, probably the rest of their lives aren't all. As I said, sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. I mean, just on Breaking Bad's ending, I just... For me, I wasn't super, like, into Jesse's storylines. The fact that he got away was not enough of a positive end to, like, outweigh all the shit. Like, I, I like I guess Walter White's ending was good, really. Like, yeah. how else was he going to, like, finish he, his life? Was he yeah. just going to get away with it and run away? Like, I think he was also the kind of guy who didn't want to live out his... like. Two seasons ago, he had enough money to go and live in a, on an island somewhere. It, it was just a, it was about stubbornly winning and, yeah, and yeah, doing it, like it uh, being the best. Exactly. And he died, you know, in like the lab, and uh, he, he died life. saving Jesse, which is, I think, kind of the yeah. But he really he died in that meth lab, like around surrounded by his sort of a representation of his empire and his yeah. kingdom and what he really cared about. The other thing I will say about that, like the ending is just the whole show was meant to like the whole in that season, it was meant to be very clear that I don't know why we're talking about this, but it was meant to be very clear, right? That Walter White, yes, he crossed the line. Now he's definitely a bad guy. There's no question about that. And we should feel bad for Skylar. But I never, ever, 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 ever felt bad for Scarlet because I hated her far too much. <laughs> like, maybe like, there was a serious mistake on the showrunner's part to make everyone hate her quite that much because I think there was meant to be a whole thing of like, oh, now you really understand that Skylar was, you know, reacting normally and um, you should I, feel bad I don't, for her. Never I don't think did. that's necessary. I feel like, I don't mm. know, I feel like I always had some degree of empathy for, for her as a character. God, I have it. I had her guts. <laughs> just... I fucking hate... I, I, I did dislike her, but I, I had some degree of empathy. Anyway... <laughs> you and your fucking tangent, I had... Um... King tangent. Anyway, the, the ending, like, that that sort of final few scenes in the refugee camp with that big, long, extended shot where it's, the like, the uh, over-the-shoulder camera. Yeah. Like, just following them, going through that, that whole... Bombed oh, out yeah, area that was, that was really ex- well done. explosions and that was so incredibly well done. And then a few, like a few minutes after that, when um, the the baby crying stops all the soldiers and the refugees. Yeah, like, that yeah. was such a beautiful moment. That was I good. thought. Like, I think um, 
Yeah, one of the one of the scenes that I did want to talk about that I had on my list was I thought it was great. It's a great hallmark of a, of a good director or writer that you can make someone care for a character in a really short space of time. You know, if they're only on screen for a little bit. Um, and I was thinking of Julianne Moore's death. You know, when she's shot fairly early on, mm. and it's still sad. I think because, um, like. It's those little shots that make you, you really sort of like, it like fills in the gaps of who, um, who her character is and, and why you should care about her and her connection to Clive Owen and stuff. I think like the scene I'm, I'm thinking of is when they're driving in the car and it's a scene that is sort of nonsense. And I talked about before when I'm talking about like Logan Lucky, how like the nonsense scenes that have nothing to do with anything are the best at establishing stuff and like building your world and, and making it rich. It's the scene where like, they're doing the they're doing the, the trick with the ping pong thing. ball, yeah. It just it's it's uh, it's so well crafted. This whole this like it just shows you so much about who they are and like what their relationship is like, and they're, and they're the kind of people that you you totally would like. You know, the ones who are just like who care about like what you should care about and don't care too much about the shit you shouldn't, and like just the way they acted, yeah, um, was great. And did a really good job of setting up a character that you really didn't know for that long, um, and making her death mean something. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't as meaningful as as um, like Quite Jasper's hard. death. Death, right? Yeah. When he dies, because that's everyone loves Jasper, sad. and the and, way he dies, and, too. and the dreadlock woman. Oh yeah. I know. mean, you don't see her die, but she, when yeah. she ju- she just gets taken, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's just a little. I mean, that whole thing was. Just, uh, I mean, to, to, that, that, that was, whole thing was just concentration that, camp. Totally. That was that was. I think that was the most impactful. But when she just gets taken like, for no reason, death. Yeah. In uh, in the movie, where so it's just I think like, that's got to be directly. We're, we're not lingering on this. This is just like this happens. This, this fucking happens. Yeah. There's no time for for anybody to be like distressed and and sad about it. It's just like, fuck, this happens. Yeah. And she probably she probably did die because the whole place got bombed. Yeah. The and there was like a war going on in it beforehand. That's totally got to be strictly just informed from someone hearing, you know, concentration camp stories where they separated people. It was yeah. what they did, you know, ran, and it made no sense why for the people. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty impactful. I, I still think Jasper's death for me was really sad because it like the way he died where he just did the, like fuck, it was like, you know, fuck the establishment kind of thing right to the end. And, like his character, I think just so McCain, like Kane's a good actor, right? And I think that if his character was meant to, to like scream or react to a bullet wound, like really viscerally, like how you normally would, he would have done that. Yeah, it was like a really conscious decision as well to keep him quiet. And and I thought like when I was watching that, I was like thinking about how like the 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 bravery really that was involved in that. He never spoke a word about when they were asking questions and he didn't and more more than that he didn't like cry out in pain uh, or anything yeah um something that i think almost no one would actually do oh yeah face with it you know um so for, for me that's why his death was really really impactful how fucked up was it that like, you could just buy in the shops. I have this written like, down as my next notes. Quittus, you decide when, was the motto of like, the suicide just... kit that they sold. Yeah. What the fuck? Quittus. 
Oh my god. Yeah. And they they obviously just mailed them out to people whether you wanted to buy one or not because, you know, that in that like fake out where you think, uh, Jasper's killed himself. Yeah. Um, he says like he would never use that stuff. So he probably he obviously didn't order it. Wouldn't he was using it to kill rats or something, wasn't he? No, I think I think it was one of those things where they just lied about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the vibe I got anyway. I think he genuinely was using it to kill rats as well, at least at some point, because he talked about how he he specifically did that because he was such you know being who he was, he couldn't kill the rats, but he knew that this was painless because it was advertised as such, and yeah, uh, yeah. Or maybe, actually, because he says, actually, they were telling the truth. It, is, it does seem to be quite painless. Maybe he was killing the rats first to see whether it, they were telling the truth. You know, having maybe. distrust of the government. I think we're thinking Like, he was killing it. the rats to see whether it would kill him and his wife painlessly. Yeah. Hmm. Which is really dark. Hmm. Her story as well. That's a good. That's a good example of leaving it to the imagination, and, and right? Like, like good, good storytelling, I think. Like I think everybody already had like where it's, where it conjures it's in- up images of like what must have happened to her, and it's really great that he doesn't describe it at all. Yeah, she was just was tortured so horribly somehow, and is now like that. And, and I think like in, in one sort of one minute a step long like establishing shot, they they told the whole story of those two characters. Yeah. I also like how little they really talk about Clive Owen's story because he's the kind of guy who doesn't really want to talk about himself at all. And, and I feel like it wasn't... The, the bits that you get of his actual story are... Like, you, you get the important mm. bits. You kind of don't really need to know much more about him than what they give you. I think even before you find out anything about his child or whatever, you mm. kind of know a bit about him. Yeah. He seems to be the kind of guy... He's a movie of how, how good he is. How good his actions seem to be. Like, that... He who once was caring, I mean, he, and he's now like, doesn't care. He's you know? like kind of your, your classic, uh, like grizzled, uh, like yeah. Well, he, he's I, always like like a grizzled detective with a heart of gold type. That's my final note know? though about him. He isn't like your classic grizzled detective with a heart of gold in the sense, that, like in the sense that he is not at, at all an action hero. There's sometimes where that becomes really apparent. He does some action hero stuff, but his reactions to it, you know, when he's like alone in the forest and he has that moment where he's like, just like loses it. And I feel like he's a much more human, yeah, like action hero protagonist than a lot. Of. Yeah. He's the kind of guy who's a really good, smart person who understands the need to do this stuff. And, and, and it, but he's never actually done any of that stuff, like anything like that before. And he has the, like the genuine reactions to it. Yeah. Like when he, when he first kills that guy, I mean, like, I, mean, I think he kills the first guy, the first guy he kills, he pushes like, he's on the motorbike and he like kicks the door and then he even looks bad and <laughs> looks like upset about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, from action movies and stuff, we kind of think that are uh, like soldiers and, and spies and stuff they don't have those sort of reactions but i think yeah. deep down like it is a very human reaction yeah. to have and it's not as simple as just like like you got to feel something his situation yeah. is probably more like realistic for for like for people who are soldiers and spies right because yeah it's tough to because like he was there, there it was always a- necessary for him being with the other two women like the like the, the obviously the like key or whatever couldn't do much and the dreadlock woman was 
there just to be a nurse, but wasn't really very brave. Yeah. Um, no, well, think, sort of. She was brave no, in her own she way. She was incredibly but you know brave. I think, you know what I mean? But... Um, he, she wasn't... Uh, actually, yeah. She, she, it was more that she wasn't like... She wasn't a fighter. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or she was like taking her time. You know, like she didn't really understand the urgency of the situation sometimes. Or like... Do you, do you know what no, I mean? Or, no. 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 I, I don't they were the pe- they were people in such a way that he needed to be always. Oh, he was calm def- and he doing was de- things. He was definitely like the decision maker and the protector. Yeah. So he never had a chance to really. He, he, it wasn't possible for him to really get upset about stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what I liked about him in the trees, like because it was that one moment where they were talking, they were doing that that, that burial ritual or whatever, of, like that human reaction. Of, yeah, I mean, like e- even. Like, soldiers and stuff have P- PTSD and yeah. all that kind of thing, like... And I'm sure for them, that element comes into it, you know, their job means that you can't... You don't have time to break down. Yeah, exactly. Until much, much, much later, or never, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Children Intense movie. I've, I've just In- finished cr- my list. Incredible movie. Yeah. Everybody should go out and watch it. So, after that... We've we realised so that uh, we've ranked yeah, it too deep, long. deep and meaningful... Too many tangents about it, stuff. It, it's a strange thing for us because we, we often struggle to talk about movies that we really, really love, but yeah, as <laughs> evidenced by the length of this podcast up to this point, mm-hmm. we've been rambling for 40 minutes about this film. And I like to go off on possibly thoughtful, but definitely irrelevant <laughs> tangents all the time. Yeah. Anyway, the thing that I'm going to talk about is very, very different to Children of Men. Good. good. Um, the uh, show that I've been watching is Veep. Mm-hmm. Which is a HBO show um, starring uh, bloody uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus from yep. um, uh, Seinfeld fame. Yeah. Um, the, yep. the concept is it's um, it's a comedy, uh, like half hour comedy made by mm-hmm. HBO, uh, set in the office of. It's like a political comedy thing set in the office of the. Uh, Vice President of the US. Right. Um, and it's like an American spin-off of this show called In the Thick of It, which um, was a similar sort of thing, like British politics. Yeah. Um, had, it had Peter Capaldi in it as the this like sweary Scottish like government enforcer bloke. Okay. Um, but this, this isn't, to be clear, this isn't an office style or rake style like British total re- American remake. It's sort of like... Same kind of style of... Like, well, no, no, same no, characters, same names? It's, it's, no, no, no. It's like, it is like a remake, but it's a completely different show. Like, it's based off the um, off the British version. So, are there characters the same? No. No, okay. It's based off the British version, and actually, they made a, like, feature-length movie that had characters from both shows interacting together. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and kind of the whole thing is it's it's about these politicians just being, like, crazy and incredibly bad people and it's just kind of like it's like super incredibly sweary and they come up with very creative insults for each other and for the general public and other politicians and all that kind of stuff and it's about like a bunch of really selfish self-centered people interacting together and yeah i don't know it's pretty funny is julian lewis drivers like is she she's the politician yeah she's the vice president Oh, right, right. Yeah. I think you said that, and I totally forgot about it, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it also has in it um, uh, the guy who played Buster in 
uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is a very similar sort of character to Buster, but <laughs> a bit less childish. Okay. He's fantastic. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just like witty and funny and terrible and very American. Where can I watch the show? It's on uh, Foxtel. Foxtel. Is yeah. it the Because it's a standard... HBO show. So HBO show, so it's the standard like Game of Thrones, smallest package you can you can buy. Yeah, you yeah. can you can watch on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great like if you got like I've I've been talking to a lot of people who, including my brother, who um, got Foxtel Go. I think it is Foxtel mm. now. Foxtel Go. Both. Something like that. Both. Um, because uh, you know, everyone had told them, oh, you now have a way to sort of ba- kind of affordably watch Game of Thrones. Um, and they were going to cancel it without watching anything else on there. And there is, if you've got it already, you should take the extra month, I, I think, I, to watch some other shit. Uh, maybe not this, like just this, like couldn't justify paying Fox. The, yeah, there are, there are lots of great, it's got all the HBO yeah. shows, I mean, so like The Wire and The Sopranos. Yeah. And- In his case, he hadn't watched Westworld and I was like, holy shit, you need to watch Westworld. Yeah. Like, well, um, it's, got, it's got Mr. Robot, which we've talked about. We have, yeah. Um, we talked season about three it. just started. I don't think we talked... You had seen it when we talked about it. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't seen it when we talked about it, but yeah. excellent show. Yeah. Excellent show. But it's got it's got a lot of those like US network TV shows. Really worth um, watching. I I think it's a work... Like, Netflix is a better service in terms of the like UI and the service for Netflix are a lot, a lot better than... Than the experience with Foxel. Foxel, I find, has a lot of times where it like drops out. I have never really had a problem with it. Oh, really? So, yeah, but I, I understand that I must be in the minority. Like, I didn't even have a problem when I was watching Game of Thrones as it came out. Whereas I know a lot of people in Australia had that problem. Yeah, I, I, had, I had problems where it, during peak usage periods, yeah. it buffers a lot. Yeah. Whereas I've never had that problem with Netflix. No, I, I, Netflix is better quality. Although I've never had a problem with Foxtel, I can talk about you know, like almost watching streaming on anything else. Even YouTube, Netflix seemed to do better. You know, if, if you, my internet was being throttled for whatever reason at that time, Netflix still works pretty well. I, I always find that Netflix and YouTube are like the two. Yeah, they're usually pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, I don't know about this. Like, there are a lot of good. My message is more for those people. You know, there's a lot of them who have Foxtel go now, like now, just for Game of Thrones and still have it. You should take advantage. There is some really good stuff on there. Yeah. You may as well now that you've done it. I would almost say that it's a better library than Netflix has. Yeah. It's definitely for TV. Yeah. The fact that the Netflix has all these movies is really, really good. But it also has movies though. It does. And some fairly new ones, like it had the nice guys. Yeah. Foxtel's got a lot of money thrown around like that. Um, they are able to have licenses to, to 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 show a lot of really really good movies, and they finally have a service that is sensibly priced. Yeah, kind of okay. It's like sensibly pli- priced when you, especially when you compare it to actual Foxtel packages, which yeah. is still as insane as they always were. Like, go check them out; it's crazy. Well, and the idea that bother. there's still programmed like ad breaks in some of the shit, and like. And just programmed schedules in general. You still have to wait until seven to watch a certain thing. And yeah, not, not being able money. to have stuff on demand. Crazy. Like, yeah. Crazy. In this day and age. Yeah, it's like someone seeing like a dial up, like a rotary phone or something. It's just, it's, what the fuck? Or a home phone in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adopt home phone. 
But anyway, check yeah. out Veep. It's, Definitely go it's check pretty, it out. It's pretty fun. Yeah, check out um, Veep. Check out Westworld if you haven't watched, watched it and you still got the service. Check out uh, Mr. Robot if you haven't watched if you haven't watched it and you still got the service. Um, oh, there's there's heaps of things on there. Heaps of things. Yeah. Heaps of them. While you've got it, I mean, most of the HBO stuff is good. Yeah, there's real, some some real crappy stuff. There's on a lot HBO, of but... great HBO like miniseries and things. Like there's yeah. this, there's this great series called The Jinx, which is like a six part documentary series. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. HBO, I don't think I have. Foxtel's got some really good documentaries actually. Yeah. If you go running around, which Netflix does as well, actually. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, so it's Sugar Man is still one of the oh. best homemade movies we've had, I think. And yeah. it was a documentary. Yeah. Excellent. Pretty excited about that. Yeah. But anyway, I think anyway. this is uh, probably all that we've got time for yep. um, this week. Maybe next week, we sort of changed it up a bit just because we've been wanting to talk about this for a while. We keep having homework movies that are, it's good because we want to talk about it for so long. Yeah. But we really need to talk about this because it's going to be one that I've got a lot of, lot of stuff to say about uh, this movie, but we're going to be talking about Blade Runner. Both, we, Peter and I saw both Blade Runner, the original... Yep. We're lucky enough that one of us, like, the cinema near me was re-showing it. Awesome idea, by the way. Like, it's great that some cinemas, or, like, most of them, actually, have nights where they show old movies. Because yeah. it's the way that, like, it was intended to be watched. Yeah. And I think Blade Runner, both one and two, is definitely, definitely like, a, definitely benefits from that. Yeah. So, and then we're also going to be talking about Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Which I read somewhere has actually been a massive flop. Which I'm me too. kind I of a bit disappointed that. about. Me, yeah, But me I can too. see why. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the movie, but um, I rec- like there are it's not issues that it, issues to me, but watching it, I was aware that there were certain problems with it, like that there were certain things going on with it that would mean that like uh, like the audience as a whole would have problems with it. Yeah. Anyway, we will get into that in a lot more depth next week. Probably be the whole podcast. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash a beer with Sam and Peter. We're on Instagram. We're on SoundCloud. We're in all the places. You, you send can us send an us email. An email. AB with SP at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you, our mate Will. He keeps sending them to us. We are reading them. Yep. Um, Much appreciated. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's... It's us, I think. That's it. Podcast, podcast over. Podcast over. Oh, that was such a nice, gentlemanly end to our podcast. Yeah.